Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Crowd cheers. Here's Siddle. He's got it! Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Two Slips in a Gully, and we've got some cricket to talk about tonight. I've got two hosts here with me today. How are you, Aaron? I'm well, mate. How are you going? I'm good, I'm good, I'm ready and raring to go. And Craig, back again. Aaron's, how are we? We're Looking well, forward mate. to it. Well. Part of the furniture now, mate. Yeah. You've moved in. <laughs> yeah, we've already yeah. got advanced bookings for him and everything. You rocked up. <laughs> First time you left a toothbrush, <laughs> then a pair of pants, yeah. and now suddenly a drawer has been yeah. filled with his stuff. Yeah, He's, here. My, He's here. My management are ringing my mobile off the hook with you, like <laughs> uh, trying to sell updates. So, uh, yeah, no, great to be here, boys, and can't wait to get stuck in. Yeah. Uh, so we've got quite a bit to cover tonight, so I'm going to try and not get bogged down like I normally do on this one. We're going to talk all things Australia, South Africa, T20 series. What a great showing that was from our uh, our new brigade of T20 specialists. Uh, we're going to talk BBL draft. That happened uh, over the course of the week that's just gone, so that's pretty exciting. Um, there is some huge news in regards to the, uh, the future of international cricket and where that's trending. We're going to have a little bit of a touch on. And our uh, world tour of uh, our one-day international sides is slowly coming to a close ahead of the upcoming World Cup. We have gone to visit Bangladesh. Indeed. We've done a big South Pacific tour. Now we've gone north. We're, yep. heading, we're heading to South Asia, and um, yeah, let's get into it. So it's going to be going to be lots. Strap yourselves in. It's going to be a great episode, and all that is coming up right after this. Go on, straight down the throat of first slips. So for the first time since our uh, fated T20 World Cup campaign at home, our T20 side has got together and has taken on some international competition in a three-match T20 series against South Africa. 
Uh, both sides were short a few guns. Um, we've left a few players out. You know, Cummins is out injured. Stark's out injured. Uh, Warner hasn't got a game. Smith didn't get a game. Maxwell didn't get a game. On the flip side, you know, guys like uh, Kagizo Rabada and Andre Nokia and, and people like that didn't uh, didn't get a look in, but they were still uh, expected to be, you know, fairly exciting games. And uh, you'd have to say over the course of this series, Australia has absolutely walloped South Africa. Yep, it was very, very impressive from the new breed, I thought. Um, everything that we tried basically come off. So um, it was, it was, and all the guys who we took on spec actually showed us why we took them on spec. I think uh, if anything going to be critical, I think Spencer Johnson was a little disappointing. You were expecting maybe a little bit more out of him after some of the stuff we've seen, but he certainly did himself... Yeah, there was nothing wrong with how he played. He no. just he just didn't quite he, he burst onto the scene. It wasn't yeah. like a Tanvir Sanger taking four wickets in no. his first game sort of debut. Um, Mitch Marsh uh, was the captain for this series, and you have to say that that has gone phenomenally well for Mitch. His um, his form at the moment is absolutely undeniable. Uh-huh. A ninety two off forty nine in the first game, and what was it in the second game? That was seventy nine off thirty nine. Yeah. I actually thought the second game, um, his innings in the second game was just uh, brutal is really the only word you can, you know, if you would actually, that was happening on a street to somebody, you'd be arrested for it, wouldn't you? Basically how hard he was swinging mm. that bat. What I liked is that within reason, everyone in our batting lineup shone at some point. Yeah. So, you know, the first game, yeah, Travis Head only got six. Matt Short got a bit of a start. Um, yeah, Mitch Marsh obviously was the backbone of that. And then you got down to Tim David, 64 off 28. Aaron Hardy chipped in with uh, 23 off 14. You know, every, you know, you had, you know, Mitch and, yeah, Mitch Marsh and, and Tim David had a bit of a run in that one. Uh, in the second game, obviously you had Marsh again. Um, Matt Short, second game for Australia brings up 50, 66 off 30 balls. That was showing, a really, really good innings too. Showing what sort of, uh, what sort of, Strength that he can bring to the Australian he's, he's side. He's actually very orthodox, isn't he? In mm. the way he plays, he's not—he's not a ramper and he's not a like over the top of the slip sort of guy. He plays very orthodox cricket shots. Gee, gives it a whack. And then in the third game, Travis Head finally comes to the party, gets you ninety. Uh, Inglis gets a score off the board, gets forty off twenty, and then Stoinis guided us home with uh, thirty-seven off twenty-one. So everyone within reason had. Had a bit of a go. Um, would have been nice from all the fire at the same time, but as it is, it's when the when the lights are on bright and someone needed to step up. Someone over the course of those three games, our top out of our top seven, yeah. they all went all right. Yeah. They're yeah. calling my name tonight, and I'm answering the call. Yeah, very rare in 2020 cricket. You're going to have um, you know them all lighted up. Yeah, it's uh, just that's the nature, just of, the the nature of the game. So, um, as you said, you know when the when the bright lights were shone upon, uh, there was. You know, some real stars. Mitch Marsh, it's amazing what a bit of uh, responsibility does to a cricket player. Um, and I made this comment during the Ashes series is that I wish they would do something very similar with Cam Green. I think, I, I really think that you, especially those two guys, given more responsibility, will absolutely shine. And it's proved. To prove right in Mitch Master's case um, by captaining that side away to South Africa, and you know he's um, and he's obviously churned out some unreal individual performances as well. So, look, um, I just 
yeah, sort of hark back to that, you know, giving giving a re- bit of responsibility to these guys that are coming through. Um, you know, Travis Head's got that responsibility now, but, uh, but you know, he's now part of the leadership group. I think um, you need to do it sooner rather than later because I think you're going to miss um, a big chunk of opportunity for talented guys like Green and the uh, and the like. So good on him. Uh, I you know. Um, to be fair, it wasn't a series that overly got me excited, but um, we had a lot of a lot of good performances. Um, you know, with that the was, ball that was, was the too. thing. I mean, at this stage, I think a, a you know a try, a, you know, a free match T Twenty series probably wasn't ideal preparation for what we're doing. Um, but well, they're looking at that as preparation for like. They got to get the ball rolling for the World Cup. I mean, the World Cup's only what a year away now for the. Um, so they got to get a bit of bit of uh, the ball rolling. We're over there primarily for the one day internationals, which yeah. are about to take place. Yeah. Um, you know, in the next you know, week and, or and so. Let's face it, T Twenties are a revenue raising stream for cricket boards all around the world. So yeah. you can understand them throwing that in in there. Um, it was actually. I'm hoping that some notice is taken of what happened in this series. And these guys who we took a little bit of a punt on and they put their hands up and said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm ready, that they're given opportunities through the T20 system. Tanvir Sanger needs to play more cricket for Australia. That he absolutely does. He's got to be, he, he should be one of the first guys who you're taking on, on these T20 tours. If you're going to go on, on you know, go overseas to play T20s, he should be going. Um, so should Nathan Ellis. Yeah. Um, How good is Nathan he, Ellis? He he was so good. Yeah. Um, you know, another one that you know I think we discussed a couple of weeks back that was probably you know on the cusp of you know maybe representing Australia in in some of these games and you know we, you give these guys a chance and they stand up. Mm-hmm. Um, he he was super. Probably probably not the last game so much. Um, but he, but he certainly, he certainly did his job in the first two very well. Yeah. Oh, look, I thought in the second game he was outstanding. Yeah. He really, when he come on, he he changed the tempo of the game. And to be going at like eight and over in that in that scenario, when everybody's coming at you really really hard, and you know picks up three wickets as well. That was that was a great performance. I do have to say, we I think we left one of the final notes that we had when we we're talking about this. The preview for this was talking about Stoinis's value. In the side moving forward, we thought, you know, he's not really much of a bowler and right now he's a bit of a stand-deliver bat that takes a little while to get going sort of thing. I have to say, Soinus did, uh, did a lot to go, shh. Yeah. He was given a lot of responsibility with the ball, opening up. He picked up a few wickets. I thought he bowled very, very well. And he obviously had that um, that big contribution in the third game to, to get us home. Um, showing that he's not a spent force, which has never really been our criticism of Soinus. It's always been that these performances... Uh, sporadic, uh, sporadic. Um, but you know, he he performed. He came out, and performed. He did his job. He's cricket Australia has said, you know, we've got a glut of all rounders, but you're our guy, Marcus. And um, you know, he's he's performed. So good on him. That's that's well done. Hopefully, that's a, a bit of momentum for him heading into obviously what is going to be the one day international series, one day international World Cup, and then probably you'd think with the the stocks that we've got. In the wings, that probably might be his swan song, which would be next year at the at the world. Especially the world if we, Cup. especially yeah. if we don't win that World Cup, yeah. you'd have to be starting to think and going, "All right, it's time to now start shuffling some of these old guard off and bringing these new guys in." Well, we've been saying that for a couple of years now, and a lot of them are still here. Yeah, but he's an experienced head. 
he's he's still young, but but still an experienced guy who, um, you know, who's played a lot of cricket for Australia, and again probably just needed that opportunity. Um, you know, a bit like Mitch Marsh, um, get them away from, you know, the, the older the real old heads who have been there, you know, quite a long time, and you know they they get a chance to stand up. I. You know, and probably being away from Zampa too might have helped him as well. Like, <laughs> that, like you know, but we, oh, well, no, 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 we saw there. that. He did that. Uh, I don't know if you guys are following um, his social medias, but uh, obviously he's being in the United States playing for uh, MI New York over in um, for the, the Major League Cricket, and they had this big thing come up, you know, some street artist who basically just finds couples in the street and goes and offers to take, like, well done, almost, you know, off his phone, but it'll take, like, airbrushed couples photography sort of thing, and they ran into, you know, Marcus Stoinis, had no idea who he was, and it's obviously made the rounds on social media, and without fail, the cricket community's gone, has anyone told Adam yet? How's Zamp taking the news? Because, you know, here he is with his, with his partner, you know, and they're having these you know, wonderful, you know, couples glamour shots, and, and everyone just without a T is just going... What's what's Zamp's thing? Someone go check. <laughs> someone do a welfare check on Zamp. Check if he's okay. And then the first, obviously, the artist who's posted these up is completely oblivious and just doesn't understand what's going on. So there's a few explanations of the joke in the background. But yeah, it was it was yeah. good value that. Um, no, it was it, it's good. It's good to see Stoinis. By no means the dinosaur. He's not on his way out. No. But the no. issue I had with Stoinis is with sporadic production combined with being in your early, you know, nearly mid thirties now with. The talent that we've got in Green mm. and um, and Hardy and some of these guys coming through. How much longer do we persist with you know a mid thirties all rounder when we've already got a mid thirties all rounder who doesn't really bowl a great deal in in Mitch Marsh mm. before we start going? All I right, think we really, we but really... if, if Stoinis is doing what Stoinis is doing, that's it. You, you keep riding that wave. But the issue is then when the wave peters out. Mm. Well, I don't care Mitch Marsh picks. never bowls another ball. Oh, no, he doesn't play like, 100%. He, he doesn't need to. Batsman, he doesn't need to bat. He doesn't need to bowl at all. And the old oh. saying, it's up to Stoinis. Yeah. Really. You know, if he performs, he's got to be picked. Simple yeah. as that. Because he can damage He can damage bowling attacks. He can take them to task yeah. really, really quickly. Yeah. Um, and that's all you want from him. If he's going to be batting at you know, six, seven sort of area, you just want him when he gets out there, don't. Don't spend ten balls getting going. Go out and hit it when you're bowling. You know, bowl with a bit of ferocity. Get out there and yeah. do your job with the ball. And he and he did. So he's doing that. Awesome. Well That's done. That's always been my Hang on to the jersey. With the with the ball is he doesn't bring he doesn't bring the aggression that away a lot of these younger all rounders do. But I must admit he bowled very very well in South Africa. Mm-hmm. I was surprised to see him take the new ball in the first game, um, and he really really did the job. Any uh, any South African standout that we were impressed with at all? Uh, not really. We've seen some flashes of Tristan Stubbs. Um, he is a really looks a really really good player. He's probably probably surpassed the Walt Brevis as the as the real number one shining light for the well, batting future. Stubbs has been in that national system for um, South Africa for a little bit longer. Uh, Brevis has been doing doing the damage on the domestic circuit, but. Yeah. Um, but Stubbs has actually got himself a, a South African cap. So yeah. um, I've actually was relatively impressed with Reza Hendricks. I thought he batted mm. pretty well. Yeah, but we know what we get with these guys. You know, on their day, they're extremely destructive and, and very, very good players. But again, I think South Africa's biggest thing with their batting at the moment is lack of consistency. 
Oh, hundred percent. Um, yeah, look at Markram. He's the you know the big experienced guy. He's the captain. How many times did he get a, a bit of a start and end up just gifting his wicket? Um, yeah. So he does that way too much for a guy with that talent. Oh, he, he looked like he was going to be the next big thing for that Test side, and is quickly found his way out of the side, which yeah, I thought which is extraordinary. Like, Markram yeah. looks so good. Yeah. Um, he's he's actually a, a good looking batsman to watch. Like he's it's a not great it's looking not batsman to watch. It's, mate. it's not just uh, you know he came off to a, a, a fast start. He was actually a good looking batsman to watch. Bad, like he was pl- very pleasing to the eye with his stroke and, making, and, and, and then just kept finding really, ways to get out. Yeah, you don't really see the technical flaws in him that would suggest that this is a guy who only averages what mid thirties in in Test cricket mm-hmm. and mid thirties in one dayers, and yeah, you just think to yourself, you know, how do you ever get out? <laughs> he <laughs> finds a way. He finds a way, but yeah, I, look. Apart from Reza Hendricks, I think um, who's obviously class. Um, yeah, their, their bowling is really ordinary um, at at that level, at T20 yeah. level. I was um, very they, dis- disappointed with Lundy and Ernie. He was, oh, he was awful, wasn't he? Was awful. Yeah, there's, there's something not quite right there. Um, not sure how they fix it. Um, um, and well, obviously, uh, but, they are missing. Most of their, the guns that yeah. they are missing are coming out of their bowling attack, so they're going to look like a completely different animal when it comes to your, your World Cup stage and things like that. So that's understandable. Uh, I like uh, Gerald Kotsia. I think yeah. he's I actually, he's a bit of a firebrand. Yeah, he's, he's a firebrand. He's inconsistent, but yeah. he's young. He'll, you'll get that. But That he, was my thing about him like, is that I've, I've heard a lot about him and I've seen like YouTube bits and pieces of him and stuff like that, and he looks a really, really good bowler. I was a little bit disappointed in his pace. I thought he was a little bit quicker than what he actually showed us in the – in those three games. I think he's one of those guys that, you know, as they say, he bowls that heavy ball because yeah. he, he was doing the same thing in the uh, in the Major League Cricket. He looked like he was rapid, but, the yeah. you know, the it was a fairly a nominal speed that was coming yeah. out. But he just seemed to bowl a ball that would hurry a batsman up without it being yeah. reflecting how yeah. fast it was on, on the, the, on the gun. speed gun. Yeah. But, um, you know, he's got plenty of passion about him. He, you know, he's got the whole like, getting in the batter's face and you well, know, letting you know when he's having a good day. But, absolutely. Well, yeah. I mean, look, you, you would hope he's the only young fellow that he's going to learn his craft and, you know, he, he may be... The, the, a, a yard or two wouldn't hurt. Yeah. Well, he's, no. gonna, he's coming he up need... under blokes like Jansen and, and yeah. Orki. Like, yeah. They're going to... Like they're in your face, you know, and and that's you know back to the old South African fast bowling, Alan yeah. Donald, you know, Dale Stain, Dale Stain you know that those guys. If you if you find another one to compliment Jansen and Nokia, like, yeah. and he might be that guy, five extra yards, ten extra yards pace. Um, they have a re- they they have a really good lineup. But for we actually years. thought that when they come out for the test matches last year, and yeah, you, well, you looked at their lineup and you had in terms Rabada, of their, in Nokia, terms of their quick bowlers, um, Jansen um, as as their, as their free, and then well, beginning of the series, I think we said at the beginning of the test series that Lyon was the difference. If you took Lyon and and Maharaj out, you'd probably almost give the tip of the hat to. South Africa for the whole the totality of their attack. Looking at it, you had well, you had Nokia, you had Rabada, you had um, oh, I can't Jansen. remember. Yance was the, the all rounder, which yeah. we would put ahead as green of the all rounder in terms yeah. of bowling. But I can't remember the third quick was now. But we we said on balance that bowling attack was probably marginally better than ours. But Nathan Lyon being a spinner made made our, ours better. Made out a total attack 
uh, um, a better prospect. But yeah, it um, it didn't it didn't fire over here, which is probably the first time in about three in three tours that it hasn't fired yeah, over yeah. here. They usually they usually do a fair bit of damage over here. Yeah. Uh, right. So yeah, it was very exciting. Um, really great to see that the Aussies have hit the ground running with the with this new side. Um, Marsh that enough? Do we think to hold on to the captaincy? We know it's only a temporary captaincy for this tour, and they're going to readjust. So. Will they have a real look at it after the World Cup? For I hope, I hope they do. We need you need to give the guy a little bit of an idea. I mean, if you, you setting a guy up to be a, a captain, you let him captain. You don't just go, oh well, you know, this guy's coming yeah, back. We're going to give you the three job. games. Yeah, thanks for the we'll... job you've done, but this guy's going to come back and take over, or or whatever it is. He's done enough. I mean, he's he's free and zip. Yeah, he made a hundred and something. He made nearly two hundred runs by himself in free and, games. And I like how he managed the field, and managed the bowls. Yeah. I, I thought he was yeah. quite intuitive as well. Yeah. Um, oh, we've no... seen it a bit for the Scorchers when he's managed to play for them. That you know mm. he's involved and and obviously he's got quite a support network. He hasn't really captained a great deal, but you know, when he has, you know, Ashton Turner and guys like that have helped pull the strings. But you know, mm. there was no. I think they're going. There's a bit of issues here. I thought, yeah, yeah. Well, I've got no drums at all with just whack, just no. branding on his branding on his chest. Know, give even, him the C, yeah, get it even, over and done with. Even when the um, South Africans got that 190 in the third game, it never really looked like it got majorly out of control, and like he seemed to have a, a handle on what he was. Yeah, trying there were to do. a few partnerships where it looked like yeah. they were wrestling back. Like they finished stronger than probably yeah. Marsh would have liked. Yeah, um, that great great happen. knock from Fortune, but That's um. But yeah, there was no. You, you never felt like the Aussies were. It was spiraling out of control. Mm-hmm. No, do it. Look, do we know? Speaking of which, do we know where Ashton Turner is now? He joined the squad as a replacement for Maxwell. He actually played in the last game. He scored two not out. Okay, right. Um, um, but he missed the initial squad, which I was very disappointed in. I think maybe that uh, that number next to his age is. Potentially hurting. Yeah. So he's 30. Mm. Yeah. What what are we doing? I I, I, I don't – look, yep, Marsh, yep, done a great job on that tour. But there is no one better credentialed in Australian cricket to lead that 2020 side than Ashton Turner. 100% agree. He he has dominated at Big Bash level. Um, He has – he has international experience. He's, he's got international experience. He's played big, big knocks when we've needed him to, not only in 2020 cricket, but in one-day cricket yeah. when given the opportunity. Yeah, that 80-odd off, what was it? I am... I'm, some ridiculous I'm, amount of I'm ball. flabbergasted that he is not, one, not there, and two, not, not at least... Captain or vice captain, it just yeah, does. He not, doesn't fit. He's not could, in. He's could not, not in the clique. Could not apparently. believe that he missed on the initial in the initial squad. When you're talking about a reset of the T20 side, with you know, yeah, it's just you've got a guy who's got all those credentials. Um, obviously, finds they, that form of the game unless suited is, to him. Unless Cricket Australia see him playing a similar role in the T20 side to a Tim David being that late order. Finisher, and that's yeah, what but they then envision. Where does it Tim David then? And that's what I mean. So they've gone with Tim David, who you know, let's face it, Tim David is very, very good at what he does. And I don't think that's an accurate summation of what Ashton Turner can bring to the side. I don't think he's just a late order finisher, but that potentially could be their rationale. Is we see Ashton Turner batting in that five, six, seven position and just clearing pickets at 
the end of an innings, but we've already got that bloke and he's 24 or however old Tim David is, so we don't need a 30-year-old version of a bloke we've already got. Mm-hmm. Um, that's That could be playing devil's advocate because Glenn's not here. That's my only thing that I could say that Cricket Australia hasn't gone down that road is they don't think that there's enough flexibility in Turner's game because even in this game he was batting about seven. seven, I think yeah. it was. <laughs> Which is um, – that, that's crazy. And – and yeah, so maybe that's what it is. That's what yeah. their pigeonholed Turner is seeing. So he'll be a, a replacement if they need a guy to come and help finish. Think he's maybe more a guy they'll look at in Australian conditions for T20s rather than overseas. Well, South African and Australian conditions aren't that dissimilar. No, and if, if you're playing a full strength T20, like we've got to remember, there's no Warner in this one, there's no Smith, and there's no Maxwell. And you'd think that all three of those blokes are going to get in. Yeah. You know, potentially Smith might not, but they were talking about opening with Smith. Yeah. Um, well, that's going to be an interesting. So scenario, you've got three. Right? You've got three blokes that are probably going to walk back into the starting eleven, and then and, you know Turner's already on the outside of the eleven with those three blokes out. Mm. So you know I don't know where where that sits for yeah. for Turner. All right. Well, moving on, we're going to move on to our next segment, which is going to be talking about very quickly about how the BBL draft went. Got him! Him over. The pressure was too much. All right, BBL, I think we're up to 13, is that right? Yeah, BBL, BBL 13 yeah. is nearly upon us. And Lucky 13. And we've just had the draft um, that have, has come about. Uh, so the Strikers got the the first overall pick and unsurprisingly took Rashid Khan. Rashid backpedalled on his... Um, um, money, his, money talks, yeah, you know what money works, talk. mate. <laughs> Yeah, so for those of you who might remember when Australia said they weren't going to go and play Afghanistan because of their stance on, uh, well, basically how they treat women over there, Rashid Khan threatened to walk out of the BBL. That uh, didn't last very long. Um, Jamie Overton, Adam Hose uh, from England are playing for the Strikers. Uh, The Stars took Harry Brook, who I think is a very exciting pick. That's a really good one for the Stars. Mm -hmm. Um, Harris, Ralph, and was. Uzama me, I have absolutely no idea what he's about. I know Harris Ralph, obviously, he's set the BBL yeah. light at times. I'm sure yes. Uzama me is like a, one of those, you know, dime a dozen spinning batsman type that Pakistan produce on a regular basis. He has a ball next to his name as no. opposed to a bat and a okay. ball, so I'm assuming he's a ball. I've, yeah. okay. Sorry, guys, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Sixers, uh, Tom Where Curran is back, James Vince is back, and Rahan Ahmed, the young 18- or 19-year-old leg-spinning leg all-rounder mm. from England, was yeah. picked up. That's a pretty big pick for him. Uh, Chris Jordan's on the move. He's been with the Sixers for a little while. He's heading towards uh, Hobart. Yeah. He's joining Sam Hain um, and uh, Corey Anderson. Yes. Has parlayed you know reasonably successful major league cricket competition in the United States into a big bash uh, contract. Yeah. So he's over there. Uh, Quentin DeCock, absolutely huge name, being picked up mm. by the the Renegades. That's yeah, massive for got them. Got a bit of a feeling about the Renegades this year. They've been kind of they were so rubbish for so long. And they picked there was, up there was Zips as well. If they, I remember, yeah. bubbling. They've been yeah. bubbling away, that, especially last year. Yeah. A couple of young guns like Will Sutherland. He was elite for them last yeah, year. D- dark horse. Actually, now. I ended up. I was lucky. I picked him up in my um in my super coach and got on that 
little hot streak that he got with the bat and the ball and what. Oh, Will was, Sutherland's one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I picked him up early. He was too cheap to say no to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and Mujib Rahman um, yeah. is also coming back as well for the Renegades. Uh, the Thunder have taken Alex Hales and Zaman Khan. Uh, the Heat have taken Colin Munro, Sam Billings, and Paul Walter. Who's Paul Walter? No idea. He My says uncle. he's an all-rounder. Yeah. Okay. Sounds like your uncle, doesn't it? <laughs> Paul Walter. Ah, it's Paul yeah. Walter. Yeah. And uh, Zach Crawley, after a very strong uh, Ashes campaign and a reasonably strong 100 campaign, has joined the Perth Scorchers along with Laurie Evans. Is that the Laurie Evans who got rubbed out for um, failing a drug test? Last year or something? Don't know. Let, I don't want to go back. Yeah, yeah, let, me, mod, let me do some uh, research on that. I'm Aaron. pretty sure that he, um, yeah, he had a contract that they they tore up his contract because he failed a drug test or something. Uh, if uh, that's wrong, and I've and I've um slandered this man, I'm very very sorry. That's all right. Get the get the liability stuff out of the way. Good yeah, stuff. Like yeah, here, no, I do apologise if if, I'm, if my information in my scramble brain at this point in time is um incorrect. But uh, and I'm going to have to say, moving from that, is that uh, if I could sum up the draft in one word, it's underwhelming. Yes. That's why I didn't make Chill. any attempt. I'm being polite. I can see. I can see your eyes, Craig, lighting up. That is so polite. <laughs> it is rubbish. What are you doing, Cricket Australia? Absolutely needs a revamp, like the BBL got um, this year with as many games. Um, Three quarters of those draft picks are bits and pieces English players bits yeah. of, that that are not going to be here the whole time. No. I wanted to point out for a fact that. Uh, Throw this your way. Not a bad T20 side. Actually stopped us from progressing, mind you. Ireland have Mark Adair, Josh Little, Paul Sterling, Harry Tector, um, Curtis Camphor, who's a, a World Cup double hat-trick. All available in this draft, along with a few others. A couple of them actually have IPL contracts, mind you, so they're not exactly, you know... Mugs. Mugs. The... There, there are some, there's some genuine talent in there, and they're all available for the full tournament. Are you telling me that no one has picked up Harry Tector, Harry Tector, or Sterling, or yeah. Josh Little? Josh yeah. Little played was it the Gujarat Titans? Yeah. Played for the Gujarat Titans, yeah. not just was picked up. Played some games. Is available for the full tournament. You can't tell me that he's worse off than, you know, Paul Walter. Yeah, who? Yeah, exactly. I, 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 I won't hear I'm, you talk about my uncle like that. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure what people are thinking about that. But and, anyway, I've never heard of Paul Walter. I wish him all the all the success in the world. Um, but uh, other names yeah. that we've had: Shadab Khan missed out. Yeah, who was Shadab Khan? Who was a yeah, huge who, player for for Hobart? For Hobart, he was last one of the better players last year. Um, Safraz Ahmed. Available for the whole tournament. Really dynamic, three twenty batter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, somehow missed out as well. It's, it's, yeah, I'm not saying this just because I'm an Australian. I don't like the Poms, but there are too many Poms. Yeah, way too in, many in this with not enough availability. Yeah, and they're all going to go home with a pocket full of money and some really bad sunburn. Well, that's what it, like the draft. We thought the draft was a bit farcical last year when yeah. it wasn't that bad. But they're already, teams are already working out the uh, ins and outs, how to avoid it. You may have noticed, you were listening back going, well, how come a bunch of teams only had two players and a bunch of other teams had three? It's because there are teams that already have decided the way around doing this is let's not draft all the players. So that you've got to take three 
you have to pass one. You can't afford to take four picks four. out of your four That's rounds. Right. So, but there are teams passing an extra pick. One of them was a platinum pick, so the Scorchers passed Scorchers, on a platinum yeah, pick. That's right. Yep. Um, so what that means now is anyone who's not picked in the draft, they can just go and sign outright. So there are teams that are already looking at preserving, you know, salary space to go and get players at the back end of the tournament when these front you note know, players end up leaving and um, and going home and preserving, you know. Salary so they can sign players like so. You've already it's taken one draft, yeah. and teams are already doing work yeah. around how to get players without the draft. Mm-hmm. You know what that means that your draft isn't working, or <laughs> you, that where you've scheduled it isn't working because teams are now just not taking players because of availability. Hundred percent, yeah. And we and I think being the BBL, it's always struggled with the combination of getting overseas talent and keeping homegrown as well, and staying loyal to those guys um, because. You're looking at some of these squads, and you're you're sort of wondering why. Well, they already we're gotta... staying so loyal to a couple of Australians when there's some really like you've just illustrated how much talent is out there on the open market with full availability. Oh, that's, I, I, I just, don't get it. That's I, I, just two countries of like Pakistan and, and Ireland. There's a stack of other players that I didn't even like go through and, and look at that weren't picked. So there's heaps of – Akeel Hussain from the West Indies. No West Indians were picked in this draft at all. So Jason Holder, Akeel Hussain, a whole bunch of other guys that are doing great jobs over in the BBL – not the BBL, the CPL at the moment. They're all available. You'd imagine that, you know, with the West Indies touring, there's probably teams that are waiting to see what that squad looks like, yeah. what their availability is going to look like. But So that's it. They're already just circum, circumventing the draft. Circumnavigating the draft to, to basically – so do, what, do their own dealings so behind what closed I doors. Know, what I want to know next year is if, let's just say, for example, you know, you got the first overall pick in the draft, you and you know, I'm going to go and get myself, you know, a Rashid Khan or a, you know, a real gun T20 player, and then you just pass the next three picks. Mm. I don't want anymore. I'll just, I'll, 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 done. I'll set, wait to see who's left, mm. and I'll just sign them out right at the end of the like. There's absolutely mm. no purpose of having a draft if mm. that's the case. Well, it's interesting. I'm actually just going through the the rounds here of the draft. Okay, and you get to so you can't really count. I don't think you can count retention picks in the draft no. because they're like nobody else can get, even have a crack at you if your if your club is the size. You, you only get you only get one retention pick. So obviously yeah, you've got three so, imports. So yeah. if if you forced Adelaide, for example, to take. Uh, Rashid Khan, you could then go and freely sign Colin Negrondo. I can't remember who their third yeah, Phil was. Salt, I Phil Salt. Phil Salt. Yeah, Phil Salt. So, um, and I think that um, the Hurricanes went and got Hain, assuming that the the Heat were going to retain him, but they ended up retaining Billing. So, um, yeah. And I think I think that's why. The, well, I actually thought that'd be why the Sixers went because the Sixers last year went and got that. Um, Oh, that really super young. Oh, Fazl Farouki or no? That was the Thunder. It was the you know Naveed, I think he was. Oh, yeah, mystery yeah, spinner. Yeah, the spinner yeah. Yeah. And out of absolutely nowhere, spent um, a third round pick on him. I thought, well, maybe they've got that. They've gone. They've gone early because they know that he's got big things and they'll own the retention rights for him. But then they haven't gone that way at all. Way at all. So again, it was a, it was a, a weird pick. I still maintain that the time when we should be having the big bash is about um, insert minimum number of weeks it would take the MCG to turn an AFL field into a cricket field, and that's when you start the big bash. That should be the first thing that cricket fans in this country see. 
get the footy out of the way, bang, bang, you know, what, three weeks? Three weeks we play international standard yeah. cricket and you start the big bash then. That's your entry into cricket. Yeah, here's your massive entree into the summer. Because, well, I probably wouldn't work this time because obviously we've got a World Cup. But if you're going, say, October, you know, end of October, early November, there's not a lot else going on. There's no, no hundred. There'll be Shield and stuff going on in, in but Australia, you, but you which is actually not a bad thing to run but alongside you can, the but BBL. But you, you can delay the Shield if you need to as well to laugh at the BBL, have it running alongside the Test Summer. What you could do, especially around Melbourne uh, at that time of year, is take advantage of spring carnival racing crowds who would only, like, they pack the place for those weekends during October and November, and then you're pulling those guys across to say, hey, here's an extra three hours of fun. Go yeah. go for your life at the night time. From a purely but- cricket perspective, your import players aren't having their... Attention's dragged. There's no SAT20 going on. No. There's no, you know, potentially, well, South Africa has a test series that happens over the course of, you know, the Boxing Day period. Yep. Um, we have one. IPL's um, well and truly done. So there's, if you have it in November, there's there's no clashes with international teams touring the, the Southern Hemisphere nations because New Zealand, South Africa, Australia, we're not playing test cricket at home late October, early November. No. It's too too late in England. India aren't doing anything. Like, it's it's open. And what it is, all the cricket fans around the country, they haven't been jaded by the amount of cricket, especially when you're looking over, like, you know, I don't know about how understanding your uh, you know wives and partners are, but if, I, if I'm getting up at, you know, 10 o'clock to watch a test match uninterrupted nonstop until 6, and then I give them an hour and a half attention to sit down and watch a Big Bash game from 7.30 till 10.30 at night, I'm not really popular in my household. So you get a bit of cricket fatigue. Yeah. Whereas yeah. if you don't have that, you can just go blaster and watch it. You got you haven't got your imports that are going, well, I can stay for five games and then I've got to go and do this and this and this and this. And, you know, it's the very first thing. Everyone's bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. And the thing is, they're, oh, you need to have it during the, uh, the holiday periods because, you know, um, that's where all the crowds are going to be. But I don't know about I don't know about you. I didn't earn enough money to go and buy myself a ticket to the cricket, and then take myself to the SCG on my own as a teenager. Parents were taking kids to the cricket. Parents don't get time off over the holiday period. Most of the most of them will work all through December, all through January, maybe a week at Christmas, a few days here and there. Yeah. I didn't. I worked retail. Didn't have any time off over Christmas. No, I still managed to go watch a handful of you know tests and big bash games. So if parents are going to go and take them in the middle of January or the middle of December to a big bash game, I'll take them in beginning of November. Said they will because they're all happening after school hours. They're all prime time games. So if you, your family going to it all it, it, it's based off when are mum and dad going to work. Mum and dad are home from work. I'll take you to go and watch the cricket. Yep. On a, on a weekend, like if you, you know, doesn't impact school, Friday night, yeah, we're going down and watch, we'll watch the Thunder play on Friday night, we'll head down to Spotless. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter if that's 21st of November or 21st of January, because yep. that's, if, that's if dad isn't working or mum isn't working, we'll go. So I just, it, it should be earlier in the year. Book the Friday off uh, work, um, take the kids at lunchtime out of school, bang. Go down. Yeah, even they, even they, they like, all do it. Even country towns, you can That's, you know, Bath, you know, we're from Bathurst. We're only two and a half hours away from the game. Yep. Yeah, we'll head down a bit early. Like if you're in the city, get home from work. Cool, we've got an hour and a bit, so we'll head down, get in, head to this. Like it's it should be moved. You move it there. You get your yeah, families watching. Right. You still get your families watching. You then get um, 
Yeah, the audiences aren't fatigued with cricket yeah. by that point. That's and your the imports can stay. The big bash at the moment is it creates cricket fatigue. Um, and I only watch as many big bash games as I do because I have super, big bash super coach and I need. I get to a point about maybe mid January, maybe right. just after the um, the Sydney test is she done. She does love you, you, you know that. <laughs> and I'm just like. <sighs> Man, I just want the finals to start yeah, already. Yeah, yeah. I've got another like twenty meaningless games yeah. before I, we get to the. What finals. I found I was doing is I was watching it while my players were were going okay, and as soon as they got out, I would turn it off. Yeah, that's what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember going to a game, and I, I I did it a little bit because I knew it was annoying one of the guys I was going with, but I'd be sitting there going, "All right, so Agar's on, so I want Agar to take some wickets because I've got him in my team." But I've also got Andre Russell, so I want Andre Russell to stay at the non-striker's end so he doesn't get out. And then next over, I need blah blah to bowl so Andre Russell can then just go. And he's like, "Will you stop doing that? <laughs> just watch the game." I said, "I'm watching it harder than you are. You know, yeah. concentration's going on right now." It's, it's, a, it's a super coach. You wouldn't understand. <laughs> That's right. Uh, just on your uncle, uh, as uh, Laurie Evans, yeah. um, he was, uh, yeah, he did have a uh, a doping suspension, uh, but it was lifted back in March 2023. Okay, so, so he's technically not guilty of doping. So yes, yes. Okay. So, um, but but My apologies, um, no, 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 no. But you had you had it half right. Yeah, he was he was um, he was stood down, but. That suspension was lifted um, back in March. No worries. So yes, um, well, I think that's really all we've got to say on it. I think that yeah. Yeah, there's there's some there's more tweaking that needs to be done. I mean, the Big Bash has been tweaking ever since it started, and never the right tweaks. But when we're when we're halfway through the second draft in its you know in its history, and teams are already just taking the Mickey out of it because they want to just go around. Go around the back door and find players that way. You've stuffed up. The last seven picks available weren't taken by anybody. It's got it right here on 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 the thing. The last seven picks that were available, I'm pretty sure it was seven. Mm. I'm counting them right. Let's have a look. It doesn't generate interest. Yeah, like from outside. Look, out of all of us here, one of us watched it, and I. Well, here we go. Poke my eye. They they started. They started passing in. Picks at pick eight. The Scorchers passed yeah. at pick eight. Well, they did that last year as well. They yeah. they passed their platinum pick because. So, and then yep. there was, so then there's it's three all about- passes in a row. So there's four, and then there's another two. So that's six, and then we get down here to the end where it's pass, pass, pass. Rehan Armored, pass, pass. Yeah, Cricket Australia. It's a joke. Fix it, or don't have it at all. Exactly. Simply. Just make, just make it, you know. They're, they're trying to jump on the success of the hundred and the and the IPL have had with their drafts. And honestly, honest to God, the um, the domestic major league cricket draft was more interesting than the um, big bash drafts. Yeah, and that's and that's just domestic American players. Like I knew six of them yeah. <laughs> just. Yeah. Six yeah. more than me, yeah. <laughs> and that's only because they were like Corey Anderson and Liam Plunkett and yeah. Um, yeah. Chand and, and Cameron Gannon. Cameron, like yeah. Yeah, they were, weren't even American. Like, I knew none not of the, really the American, genuine yeah. Americans. So, yeah. oh, Rusty Theron, I remember him. He was yeah, a, I do too. Yeah. A, but yeah, and, and that was and it was actually more interesting. It'll be interesting to see how number two goes. But um, but yeah, so yeah, it's some work to be done. Uh, 
underwhelming. I'm going to go polite, underwhelming Cricket Australia. Way too, way too nice. Way too nice. Uh, before we go and jump into our all-time Bangladesh one-day international side, uh, I promise some some shaking, earth-shattering news about the future of cricket in the world, and that is that you know, barring some sort of big U-turn in the next couple of weeks, cricket will be an Olympic sport. Mm-hmm. T20 cricket has been accepted into the proposed plan for the 2028 Los Angeles Games, mm-hmm. which I think is absolutely amazing and past due. If well, softball and baseball can be part of the Olympics, then... They've def- got break dancing in the Olympics. Yep. I, think I was, for, I was and, watching two break dancers being interviewed about how excited they are. Is it the 28 one or is it the Paris? I think I it think might be pa- Paris. So and it's like, you, you can't be serious. Something something against break dancers, Aaron? Or? Yeah, actually, I do. <laughs> it's not a sport. Or is rhythm gymnastics... Like rhythm, floor routine rhythmic, gymnastics. Rhythmic gymnastics. Yeah, it's it. basically the it, same it, thing, it, it's except very one's, it's one's very got tradition. baggy yeah. pants and the other one's got leotards. Yeah. Like, yeah. What would you prefer? <laughs> depends on <laughs> who's dancing. <laughs> um, but they do that a lot. The Olympic Games pull out random ones every now and then. Yeah. They'll trial them for a... a well, then a, they a, have skateboarding. They've had skateboarding. Yeah, they've, they've had things. Yeah. They'll come in and they'll, and they'll go surfing out. surfing and now golf. I mean, that's just a joke that you can play golf. In this makes a lot of sense for the Olympic Games, not just... Obviously, cricket's excited because we're now putting on a globe, like a yeah. proper global stage. This but, is the big time. But how many people live in Pakistan? Oh, how many 300 people, million? How many, oh, I think it's more than that. Yeah. How many people live in India? Oh, one point. Whatever billion. And how many people live in Bangladesh? These oh. are three countries that are in the top seven. Could be wrong. Can't take my fact, but I think they're three of the top seven populous countries in the world. Don't give a crap about the Olympics because mm. they don't win anything. No. And now, now they will. And now they'll be tuning into the Olympic Games. All the advertising they can go and sell to the, the Southeast Asian continents, like the Olympics, are going to be absolutely loving the engagement they're going to get out of having cricket at the Olympics. Yeah. Um, you know, especially now that, you know, it's the the, the uh, Los Angeles coming off the back of um, the, you know, there will, will be now hopefully probably half a decade of Major League Cricket, so it's going to be hopefully growing and growing and growing. Um, yeah, they'd be, they'd be absolutely licking their lips at the fact that they're, they're going to be getting audiences in Bangladesh, in India, in Pakistan, Tuning into because yeah. honestly, if you're in India, you're not really maybe the hockey, yeah, hockey. hockey they have a um, weightlifting, weightlifters, um, you know, the odd random, yeah, you know, uh, the yeah, the, the, the table tennis, that that sort of stuff is yeah. is is the, you know what they shooting. The Indians are very good at shooting and and um, yeah, that those types of sports, but. You're right. This is a this is a mark, marketing masterstroke by the IOC to be able to tap into that market where they basically have never gone near yeah. until now. Um, that's that's what this is about. Don't don't ever think that this is about doing cricket a favour. This is about getting more than two billion people in the world who haven't normally been who watching. haven't normally been watching a, 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 a on a you know, sporting but, yeah. extravaganza for two weeks, 
they are now engaging. And this, the, this is a masterstroke by the IOC. And the thing is as well, what they've talked about is this opens the door up in the not-too-distant future for maybe somewhere like a Mumbai to host an Olympic Games Yeah. Um, because now there's actual interest in it. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it all going to unfold in terms of qualifications because obviously it's only going to be T20s. I don't think it'll be an open. It'll have to be – it'll be kind of like the Commonwealth Games where I imagine the top – Eight teams potentially will be involved. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they go about. And it's probably not going to have anything in the short term, but maybe later on the ramifications because England will be Team Great Britain. Yeah. So you know, if you know, coming down the line, if Scotland start becoming yeah. a really and good Ireland. Team Twenty side or Ireland, how yeah. that's going to go. Yeah. Um, and I imagine that uh, the CPL will take on a new. A new significance. Um, a new yeah. significance because what they did for the Commonwealth Games was they the, had like a qualifying tournament. That's how Barbados was, got in. Yeah, and they were the winners of the female domestic T um, twenty yeah. competition. So, for example, if the Trinidad and Tobago Knight Riders um, won the the CPL before two, like the two thousand and twenty seven CPL, you would imagine then the team that would represent um, the West Indies players in the Olympics would be a, a Trinidad like so that's a potential medal opportunity for Trinidad and Tobago and yeah. they were wearing which so it'd be interesting to see how the logistics of all that unfolds but uh, very very exciting that it, it's it's happening it looks like it's it's on its way there's a couple of little roadblocks that they've got to get through but for all intents and purposes um, cricket is an Olympic sport we could add we've got another we have another trophy that we need to add to our uh, after we thought we completed it. Um, We've now got another one to get. Cool. So trophy cabinet, we've got to make some space. We've always got to be moving to the next destination, mate. Yeah. That's Probably it. be the smallest trophy we get, though. Yeah. Being a little gold medal. Oh, but it'll sit alongside the silver that we got for the Commonwealth Games in, when was that, 97? Uh, yeah. Oh, the, the one that we couldn't get beat in, and we did. Yeah. <laughs> South Africa won that one. <laughs> that yeah. something. Yeah, fair enough. All right, straight after this, guys, we're going to get stuck into our all-time Bangladesh one-day international side. Got it! Patrick beautifully bowled. Well- okay, here we are. Our one-day international world tour has brought us back to the subcontinent to uh, have a look at Bangladesh's side. Now, this is a side that historically have been the uh, the strugglers, the you know the the team that's been the butt of everyone's jokes. But uh, you have a look over the course of their one-day international history, the last sort of 10 years or so, they're, uh, especially at home, have been, become quite a different animal. Yeah, formidable opposition at home and starting to take it away a little bit as well. Hmm. Um, they're, they're no longer the easy beats that they were considered to be in the sort of early 2000s. No. And they've got quite a number of, of players, you'd say, well, well, with the exception of one, they're not world beaters, but they've certainly got more than more yeah. than respectable international records. They've obviously got that one very special player in Shakib Al-Hassan. Um, but uh, outside of that, the guys they've got behind that, there's you know, there's some surprisingly good records when yeah. you for the It was interesting going through their going through their records and I I when I'm going through the numbers, I'm looking at, at three things. It's um, strike rate, average and um, hundreds. Yeah, and it's actually surprising how many hundreds have been made by Bangladeshi batsmen. Yeah, we got to remember, and not to be disrespectful, that they'll probably play a lot of games that we don't really get a lot of 
limelight because they're playing the you know the Nepal's, the Afghanistan's, the Zimbabwe's yeah. of the world a lot more than people realise. But um, you know, at the end of the day, we we say it all the time: they can only play against the guys they're playing against. Yeah. And um, someone's got to score the run. Someone's got to take the wickets. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's been a few performances we've seen in the World Cups where players have stood up and. And, um, you know, they've made a name for themselves when the lights are on bright. Uh, but, you know, the day we can only take we can only take their, their all-time record from what they've shown. And what they've shown there is there's certainly a, a group of players that are good enough to be, um, step, you know, head and shoulders above the rest of them. So we'll get stuck into it right now and we'll get off with the, with the openers. Who have I got out there for, for um, openers? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start off with um, probably the second of my openers, um, Sumia Sharka. I don't have him. You don't have <laughs> I him? I don't have him. Okay, fair enough. Um, oh, I do, as. You do? Yeah. You're going I, with yeah, him? Yeah, <laughs> no, I do. I, do. I, I, uh, I have Saka. Um, yeah. 97.35 strike rate, um, 200s, uh, 1150s, um, highest, highest score of 127 not out. Um, a very damaging player on his day. I mean, I've seen him play some very, very good in, innings. My only criticism of the guy, um, probably didn't average as high as what he liked, about 31 or something like that. Yeah, but the rocks of the, diamonds. Yeah, the, the, player, the but... strike rate at 97, you're going to take that. Well, okay. Well, I'm going to – let's go and do the other one because I think the other opener we're all going to agree on, which is Tammy Nickball. Yeah, yeah, of course. Nickball's the other opener. Yeah. He's their all-time leading on a national score, 1,400, 56, 50, strike rate of just shy of 80, 36. Uh, phenomenal player. So good that Bangladesh government wouldn't let him retire. Yes. So, you know, you've got to be pretty good when the government says, uh, you retire? No. No, no, no. no <laughs> we'll have no, none of that, no, thanks. No, no. What do you want to not you, retire? You retire when you. we say you retire. <laughs> yeah. um, the other name I want to throw out there at you is Litton Das. Yes. Yes. Um, Strike I, rate of 90, two, just over 2,000 runs, 500, 10, 50. I have Litton Das in my team. I just don't have him opening. Okay. Did you check where Litton Das predominantly bats? As an opener. For uh, for your side, yeah, as an opener. Okay, okay. okay. I want, I was thinking more of long playing um, Litton Das at number three and um, opening with um, Shabir Sharka and um, Emerald Kays. Opening with Kays so and no Sharka. Iqbal. So yeah. you haven't got Iqbal in your side. Who? Tammy Mikbal. Ah, yeah, at number three. You've got Iqbal at three. Yes. Okay. Where are you putting Das? Where, where you've got Das? You just said you had Das at three. Oh, no, Darcy Free. I've got Tamanik Bar. Hang on, let me. Sorry, I'm looking at the wrong ones here. I'm confused by the names. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we've got Tamanik Bar. Yep, okay. he's locked in. He's, he's there. He's I'd, there. I'd be using editor's prerogative. If you guys voted him out, I'd be telling you no, he's yeah. playing. But okay. it's fine. And then I had Sumi Osaka. All right. Okay. But you've got Das at three. Das at three. Right. So I don't have Sumi Osaka. I've got Das opening. So I think we're. We might need to come a little bit further down to see where we've got because I had Muhammad Ashraful ah, at three. I don't now, have him. His record is, let's uh-huh. face it, it's bad. But he was probably the first legitimate Bangladeshi superstar, the guy. And he's had some games. He was instrumental in that game against us in 2005 where they yeah. beat us for the first time. Yeah. He was like their iconic Player coming from the from the beginning, he was the one that was you know they said was international standard and and yeah. got in there and was sort of the 
the bright young face of the future of yeah, Bangladesh never cricket. Really, never really went the, the full distance, did he? Yeah, so he was ended up being their fifth all-time leading run scorer, um, but obviously that came down to the fact that he got a lot of games. So yeah. I had him there. I'm not necessarily locked in on that, but I thought, you know, considering it's sort of paying homage to the roots where they came from, this guy was Mr. Bangladesh for quite a while for that side. Yeah. No right. sentiment here. No sentiment no here? No sentiment here. We're, we're, we're ruthless with okay. these teams. Yeah. Um, yeah, he doesn't make my team, but yeah. um, that's just that's just me being ruthless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's fair. Like, yeah, Sarka's record is... Definitely a lot better. It's 10 runs a innings better. He still ends up with a 200. It's not quite as many 50s, but then again, he played a third of the games. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I have Litton Das at three um, just because he's sort of your – he's your up-and-coming, you know, he's probably the next the next big thing um, for Bangladesh, I, I think. Um, you look at his record, it's already at 88 strike rate. He's got 500s already. Um, you know, he's yeah. I, I I suppose the other one to consider then, um, we're talking about he's probably the next most successful uh, historic opener for for Bangladesh would be Imral Kayes, who yeah, uh, well, that's who I had. I've got him in my squad. Um, four hundred sixteen fifties, averaging thirty two. Strike rate's not as impressive though. No, nah, he's more of the the. The, the glue guy. Yeah, the glue guy. The glue, yeah. Um, so we've got a bit of a, a bit of a quandary here, haven't we? All so right. Obviously, Tamman's won. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, that's all right. So it basically comes down to the sentimentality of um, what Muhammad Ashrafal meant to Bangladeshi cricket versus the output that we have for for Saka, and it's it's quite impressive. I mean, a strike rate of ninety and an average of thirty-two is nothing to poke your nose up about. So, yeah. um, I'm perfectly happy to yield that one if you yeah, two guys I, are sticking with Saka. Well, just, just I remember watching him, you know, on his day, very much rocks and diamonds, yeah. like, and and happy to happy to admit that. But, geez, he he was thunderously good. Yeah. If he got going, he he was yeah. he was really really. And good. I just think him and him and Tamman make a Really, really oh, good combination. That, they could take the game away and, and against anyone. And then you got anyone. you got let's say Das coming in at three. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. They are three powerhouse yeah. batsmen. And then right and then you, and then you've got the great one coming in after that. The Shaky Bear. Oh, I don't have. I've got Hassan at five. Have you? Okay. Um, he's in the side. It's just predominantly where, yeah, he, just bats. where he bats. Um, I've got Mushfikur Rahim. Coming up next. Okay. I had Mushrika coming in behind um, Shakib. Okay. Well, so I had Marmadula coming in there. I've got Marmadula floating around somewhere. He's certainly in the mix for for a spot, but I, I like, um yeah, I'm happy with what Wait, I like. so you don't, you didn't put Marmadula in your opening 11? Like you've got him on the, on the periphery? Yeah. Oh, we're gonna to have to work. Marmadoula has got an amazing. He's their fourth leading wicket. Their run scorer, three hundreds, twenty-seven fifties, an average of thirty-five, yeah. and I believe he's got close to a hundred wickets. Yeah, eighty-two wickets. Wow. All right. What have you? So okay. So who have you got? It. So you've got Shakib at four. Yeah. You've got um, Mushfikar at five. Mm-hmm. So who have you got at six? This is one out of one out of the box. Mahedi Hassan Maraz. I've got him at seven. 
Okay, I've got my heady at six. Because I think that's probably a touch too high for... Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think so. Well, he's only scored 989 career runs at 23. Mm. And he's got two fifties. He does have two hundreds, but he's only got four scores over 50. Okay. And if you have a look where he batted, bats predominantly for Bangladesh, it's... That's seven or eight. It's seven or... He's mostly eight. Okay. <laughs> he's scored... Um, he opened the innings twice. Scored one of his hundreds there, yeah. but then he's got yeah. thirty innings at eight. So I thought seven okay. was a stretch getting him up okay. there. But I, th- no I think I think six I'll, might be I'll, a bridge I'll, too far. I'll yield that one. <laughs> Have you got any thoughts on that? No, look, he's he's not he's not five. Um, he's not good enough to bat five. He's probably floating around that seven mark. Um, but um, yeah, for me, look, I probably go. I think you I think your top five's a lock. It's just about what order, um, and I'm happy to go with you there. Um, so, Mama's order it is. So, so we've got Mushfiker at four, keeping because he's a yeah. he's got a great record. He's right yeah. um, Well, I actually had Shakib at four, uh, Mush uh, Mushfiker at five. Yeah, I think Mushfiker. And, and now, because I've been, I've been. Put in my place. I'm happy to go with Mother Daughter at six. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I think has got a bat four. Yeah, well, he and, he, and then, he predominantly think, bats four for for Bangladesh. And he looks at his again, record. So so like you've got those three up the top who are just going to be. It's just going to be a thrash and dash. Then you need someone with that bit just a bit of class, rock steady type at four, and then well, you've got no the great, and then you've got the great one. Yeah, you know, um, you know, batting, batting five. So when you look at this, when we're talking about how these guys stack up against the rest of the players in the world, it's nearly or a bit over seven thousand runs, nine hundreds, forty-five fifties at thirty-seven, striking at eighty. Aaron Finch, considered one of the best one-day players in the world at various points in his career, finished his career with an average thirty-nine. Now, obviously, there was a massive tail off at the end of his career, which made that average nosedive. But career speaking. Like Mushfiqur Rahim, you know that record really stacks up. You know, mm-hmm. fifty plus score, you know, 50, over 50, 50 plus scores in yeah. one day cricket is nothing to turn your nose up about. And then you're looking at Shakib Al Hassan, nine hundreds, fifty three fifties at thirty seven, striking at eighty two, um, seven, just over seven thousand runs. Not to mention the fact that he's one of the best white ball bowlers. Uh, three hundred and seven one day international wickets at twenty nine. Um, he's got 14 times he's taken four or more wickets. Superstar. Um, absolute superstar for um, for Bangladesh and, and genuinely is the like a, a world-class player. He's, yeah. there, are, there are plenty of Bangladeshis that are international quality. Yeah. Shakib is world-class. world-class. He's a guy that he's got his nose in test match all-time 11. You know, if you're making a test match World 11 right now, he's got his nose in there. One-day World 11, he's got his nose in there. T20 World 11, he's got his nose in there. And that's huge coming from a country that's has struggled to produce consistent talent. That You've got a guy that all three formats you're talking about, you know, where Shakib fits in that side, yeah. um, absolutely massive. So, um, all right, well, let, well, let's assume we go with Mushfika at four and Shakib at five and Mubadala at six. We've obviously got um, Mushfika keeping, so we can then go with five bowlers. Well, I've got Mahedi Hassan Maraz at seven. At seven, and yeah. like like I said, he's picked up a couple of hundreds. Yeah, 
Um, yeah. One of them at eight, which is incredibly impressive when you're picking yeah. up hundreds at eight. Yeah. Um, and along with that, you know, 79 games. So he's only fairly early in his career. 89 yeah. wickets at 33. Yeah. A bit of a classy sort of um, yeah. uh, I, spinner. I, I actually rate him quite highly. I think he's a very good player. Um, he's coming along quite well in his test matches as well. Yeah. He'd be a guy we revisited that Bangladesh all-time slide in, say, 10 years. Yeah. He's a guy that's going to be pushing some people aside. Yeah. Um, all right, so... I think someone like Mashraf A. Mortaza is probably a guy that's going to be in most of our sides, I would imagine. I've got him. Yeah, 100%. Record's outstanding. Second all-time leading wicket-taker for Bangladesh, 270 wickets at just shy of 33. Um, Best best, uh, tally of six for 26. That would have been quite a game. So reliable. Just just a reliable... And and carried the Bangladesh seam attack for a long, long time. Like, have a look at his career journey. I mean, when did he start? When did he finish? I'm sure it's a pretty big span. Well, 220 matches. And when you consider that not everyone's lining up to play um, Bangladesh. Bangladesh. So it's a career that spanned 19 years. Yeah. 2001 to 2020. It's around forever, man. And, like, literally carried that, that bowling attack on his back numerous times. Okay, so he's we got him at number eight. Um, I've got Abdul Razak as a mm. bowler that's coming in. Me too. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very impressive numbers. 207 wickets at 29. Yeah. Um, best bowling of five for 29. Um, again, he's a guy that when you're talking about how Bangladesh have gone over for a long period of time, this guy played from 2004 through to the mid-2010s. Yeah. Um, you know, Again, a guy that, that stood up and was... One of the, the key figures in that side. I can actually remember, I can't remember who it was against, but he actually had a really, really big test match, like 12 wickets in a match yep. against somebody over over there and, like, was, you know, really tout, Bangladesh, he really towered him up, eh? I, yeah. just can't, I just can't think of who it was. But These he, are the sort of guys that really got that that ball rolling of that sort of, yeah. you know, that period where that renaissance almost where Bangladesh started this started to get it all together. You yeah. know, Shakib was coming into his own. Talami Iqbal was coming into his own. Yeah. Guys like uh, Momon Huck for their test side yes. were starting to yeah. come out and really show their stuff. Um, you know, Mushfika Rahim, obviously, they're all – yeah, and that started getting that, that trickle effect of, mm-hmm. you know, rather than getting absolutely hammered in every game, they were being competitive and then even winning some games. Yeah. Um, so I've got – I've struggled to narrow down the last two last two spots. I'm thinking that's probably got to be two quicks, one day yeah. game. Yeah. You've got Marmadouli, you've got Shakib, you've got um, Abdul Razak, you've got Miraz. Yeah. So we've got enough spinners, so it's got to be two quicks. One of them is a lock for mine. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't really narrow down the last two. So my lock at number 11 is Mustafizor Rama. Yeah, it has to be Mustafizor. He's one of the locks for the team. And I apologise in advance when I'm out there is just going, that Aaron bloke is just absolutely Ballsing up all the pronunciations. Yeah, I apologise. Yeah, we we do. We we, we knew this was going to happen. Um, we come in prepared. Really good record, especially considering there's a lot more of his career to go. 148 wickets at 24. Yeah, he's, um, he's 24. Only, yeah, he's only just starting. He's, Ten four wicket hauls in 90 games. Um, six for 43 is his best. Yeah, like, like I said, this is young. This guy's what? He's 20, 28. 28. He's just gone yeah. 28. So there's still heaps of heaps of yeah. his career to go. Um, yeah, he's a genuinely world-class um, modern-day 
what or Well, what? I mean, when, when you're known by uh, just a single phrase of the fizz, yeah. okay, you've made it in, in your Does anyone sport. remember that winter tour we went on to Bangladesh just before the UAE World Cup and we got absolutely towelled up? Yeah. Well, I remember him just, like the pitches they were playing on were garbage, but yeah. he was just he unplayable. Was unplayable. Yeah. You couldn't score any runs off him. Yeah. Yeah, I think, look, it's a pretty impressive looking team when you look at who we've got in. You know, this is the cream of Bangladeshi cricket that we're talking about here. They're yeah. very, very best players. Uh, so then I narrowed down my last couple of spots to Rubel Hussain. Mm-hmm. Or Taskin Ahmed. I go. I went with Taskin just for the fact that he's quicker. Mm. I think that Taskin will end up being the better player, but yeah. he's still fairly early in his career. And Rubel is saying he's been around for quite a while. 129 wickets at 35. Nothing to sort of um, turn your nose up at. Rubel uh, Taskin Ahmed is 86 for uh, wickets at 29. Yeah. But. Um, He's really come alive since um, Alan Donald's taken over as their mm-hmm. their bowling coach. And if you go and have a look at his uh, performances by year, um, he's averaging uh, – that's his batting. I was like, that's ridiculous. He's averaging 15 with the ball yeah. um, so far this year. And then – so, like, I think that's that average is going to start taking a bit of a nosedive and come, and come right down. Yeah. Uh, I'm just not sure. Like, I don't mind either way. Like, I'm happy to vote for, for Ahmed. I just don't know whether or not, you know, Ruble hussain has got over 100 one-day international games and has been one of those old reliables for a while. Yeah. Whether he gets in on tenure or we're happy to take the, the no, obvious talent of no, I'm Ahmed. Taking I'm going to throw a spanner in the works. Yeah. i got a kid who has only just started his international career Mm-hmm. But has an unbelievable record so far, and that's Shoreful Islam. Yeah, his record left really, armor. really good. Um, this this kid is going to be a superstar. Yeah. Has wheels, um, and yes, has a has a outstanding record already, and he's probably benefiting from the Alan Donald factor. To be fair. Mm-hmm. Um, this kid is something special. Oh, I've got no doubt. Yeah, 22 years old, and look at that. So what we're talking about, 30 wickets at 25, um, doing really well. It's only 19 games. Is that enough? Probably you not. To probably get not. In the look, all-time. Look, you. I'm just throwing it out there. Oh, and, and no doubt. I, absolutely I'm throwing no it out doubt. there purely on potential only. Yeah. Um, but I can see this kid taking... A bag full of wickets. Um, he'll be he'll be a two hundred plus wicket taker for Bangladesh. Yeah. Oh, I've got absolutely no dramas in that, but I think one of the things we'd have to say is if their career, if a guy, especially guys playing today, playing now, their career ended right now, what would their legacy be? Like Shane Bond's a great example. Shane Bond, we made our um, New Zealand side yep. with a very short international career because his legacy was so legacy good. Was good. Yep. And if if he came out tomorrow and said, I don't want to play cricket for Bangladesh anymore, would we be looking at that record in 10 years' time going, that guy um, no. is one of their best ever? And no. I just I just don't think he's quite there. I, I think it's a great shout. And that's Absolutely okay. And that's okay. Yeah, no, no, I, just, I just think he's worth a mention um, alongside um, those other two. No. Uh, 
And that's been the big trick for Bangladesh is they can get some international quality seam attack going. That's that's why they're not winning overseas because they're. That's and in all fairness, especially when you look at Test cricket, their um their their pace attack has sucked. Yes, and that's why they haven't won a lot of games away. No. You know, now that they're starting to get some of these guys um coming oh through God, and yeah. playing a bit, like remember that was Edibot Hussain who took yeah. that six for against New Zealand mm-hmm. at um um over in New Zealand. So yeah. like when they get those those Mustafiz Rahim and these guys. They're becoming well, international. Well, India weren't a force away from home yeah. until they got Boomer and Shami. Yeah, that's like, it. They, like they, in, they, India's they develop- rise as a as a test nation to the top of the tree has been in line with uncovering a pace battery they can take everywhere. hundred percent. And those two guys are the reason that India are so strong, not just at home now, but but wherever they go. Mm-hmm. Um. So, I I <coughs> tend to think that this kid is going to have. Pretty much the same, same, same sort of effect. Probably at a low, lower level than what um, Shami and Bumrah have, but he would have a similar effect on Bangladesh as what those two have got on India. Hope oh, so. Yeah, yeah, let's hope so because it'd be great to see like a terror. Wouldn't it be wonderful to just see like the bangers or somebody you know throw up Sri Lanka, throw up a real tear away. You know, one hundred forty five, one hundred fifty plus. K and L guy who comes in and really just rattles people and up. He's left arm too. Like yeah. it, that, that's what excites me. Is left that arm has always seemed faster, don't they? They do. They do. Um, they always they, seem to be faster. They do, and you know, I, I you know, one of my favourite bowlers of all time was him, Akram. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I love those left armers that are at you. Yeah. You know, at you all the time. You know, that that they, they they bring excitement to cricket, in my opinion. Yeah. All right, so where are we going for our, our last spot then? Oh. So we've got three options. I, I, As much as I love the shout, and I, I do agree, Alan Donald's worked wonders on this kid. He's full of talent when you're combining him with guys like um, Mustafizer and, yeah, and, 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 and guys like that. Yeah. They're, they're going to be yeah. guys. That's going to be an attack that's going to keep them in good stead. But I, for mine, just can't quite say a, a kid with 19 games is going to you know, it's a little disrespectful to the, the guys that have come before and slugged it yeah. out, even though their record, his record right now, average of 24 compared to some of these guys that are in the high 20s, early 30s. But, yeah, they've been there. They've yeah. they've been in the trenches. They've played the games. I'm, I'm definitely yielding, um, but I just thought he was worth a shout. I, I probably I, – have you guys – have you guys sorted it out? No, we, we're, we're, well, or I, not? I think we're both leaning toward Ahmed. Yeah, I'm leaning towards Taxon. Oh, well, I'll, I'll just, I'll just put the nail on the head just and go. go yeah, yeah Taskin is, in my opinion, a far superior bowler. Yeah. Um, he, he's not not only his record, but um, he he. You feel like the ceiling on Taskin is so high, high and now that right. Donald is there, just. You know, showing him the tricks of the trade that there's there's a lot more potential there for him to you know there's a higher stratosphere that he can get to. Well, and yeah. got, well you know, bag bag him and Shurafal together, like wow. You know, if if they both hit their ceilings at around about the same time, genuinely could be very very good for Bangladesh in cricket oh, and and have. Have bowlers that you know. Well, it's that, like we were just saying, you don't go anywhere around the world without a, and win without a decent pace bowler. Yeah, absolutely. And that's been their that's been their Achilles heel for what thirty years now. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, we'll lock it in. Taskin Ahmed has made uh, the all time 
Bangladesh one day 11. There you go. So for those playing at home, the the lineup is Tammy McBowl, Sayuma Saka, Litton Das, Ushfikur Rahim, Shakib Al Hassan, Mamadoula, Mahedi Hassan Mraz, Mashrafe Mortaza, Abdul Razak, Taskan Ahmed, and Mustafizur Rama. And um, Mortez is a captain. Come on. Mortaza? Yeah, Mortaza. You're not going to go Mushfikur or Shakib? No, I'll go Mortaza. Mortaza, all right, cool. Yeah. I will yield to that. Mortaza can be the captain. There we go. Well, there we go. That's another one done. We're going to. We're going to tackle India next week, I feel. We've this got to go. Gonna, this is going to be good. This is going to be a good one. There's some big, really? big names there. Um, did you want to – I know you can't be with us next week, but did you want to put together maybe a list of players and we can uh, read them out on the episode? For yeah. Your no, no. I, I'll, I will actually put my team together and you can and you can read it out if you like. No cause, worries. Because um, – yeah, unfortunately, management um, have booked me in for something else, so I, I can't attend next week. But um, yeah. what happens with guest stars? They've got yeah, other things no. they've got to go oh, and do. Look, you know, so sorry. I have said to my management, this is my number one commitment. So make sure you book me in. But oh, I think he's he's progressed. He's no longer guest starring. It's no. now also starring. Yeah, not, like, you're no longer a special guest star. Yeah. You're now it's also like, starring. Like so I've gone to another. I've gone to another page on the credits. Like, you know, not, not quite the last page. Yeah, it's like when you got the thing, sort of, when the character rocks up for the first time on the TV show and they go special guest starring, yeah. and then all of a sudden they go. Well, the, the, the fans really like that character, and all of a sudden they've been in a few more episodes, and the credits just change to go. Now it's also starring, and then yeah. before long you'll be in the opening credits when we do when we roll the opening credits. You'll get your. <laughs> the, the, the day that I make that is you know, will will be a career highlight. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you very much for joining us. We know we had a lot to talk about in that one, and next week's going to be no different. We're ramping up our approach to the uh, the Cricket World Cup. Like I said, we're going to do the hosts in our next episode, and uh, India. Well, what can we say? India have got so many phenomenal one day international players. It is going to be an epic team. Mm, yes, and um, yeah, I even just sitting here now and you've got these names ticking over in your head and then you look at some of the guys. I mean, there's actually going to be a couple of guys in this current team who are going to be in this team. Oh, yeah, I'd imagine a fair chunk of the bowling attack will yeah. be active players. Yeah. Um, there'll yeah. be potentially two, yeah. I would say. I know one definitely active player, yeah. um, maybe another active yeah. batsman. Depending on which way we want to go. Um, the keeper's fascinating for me. The keeper is going to be interesting, isn't it? it? It's, it I, is. You, I don't even think it's that. Honestly, it would have to be. <laughs> if we want to be able to release this episode in uh, in any subcontinent <laughs> audiences, there's only one keeper. <laughs> I, again, still fascinating. Though, still fascinating. It will be interesting. Yeah. Shiv, did he play for Neo? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, thanks very much. We'll join you next week with a cracking episode. Uh, until then, bye for now. Hey, that. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.